Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Today, the White House announced that the administration will fall short of its goal to have 70% of adults at least partially vaccinated by July 4th. So uh, another year, another July 4th of celebrating independence from the UK, but not from the virus, huh? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. (laughs) Many experts had said it was very ambitious to look at that July 4th deadline for 70 percent of Americans. And now the White House, it seems, Mike, is getting ready to acknowledge that very fact. I guess uh, if the UK variant takes a hold here also, we'd really have independence from neither. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today I'm in the bowels of Capitol Hill of uh, of the Capitol building. (laughs) Uh, it's actually the the first time I think that we have done this where I have not been uh, somewhere in my own apartment. So this is a milestone. A milestone for Adam Kankren and me, but a milestone missed for America. So we're talking about where vaccinations are currently lagging and why. Good afternoon. Today, two months until July 4th, I'm here to report that we're... Uh, we're in our vaccination program, where we are and what comes next in an effort to uh, get this country back closer to normal. So if you remember, and it feels like forever ago, but it was just, I think, early May, uh, the president came out and said at the time, you know, vaccines had just kind of become widely available. Things were starting to, to reopen. And there was a feeling of, OK, now we're really starting to ramp up. Uh, these vaccinations, the vaccination rate really across the country. And and he came out and he set, you know, this goal. And this is what the administration has kind of done all along. They set benchmarks that they want to hit. As everyone knows, I promised that we'd administer 100 million shots in my first 100 days. After we met that goal, we doubled it to a historic 200 million shots. And he said, you know, we want to get at least 70 percent of the population the adult population, partially vaccinated, right? So that's that's one dose if you're getting Pfizer or Moderna by Independence Day, by the 4th of July. If we succeed in this effort, as we did with the last, then Americans will have taken a serious step towards a return to normal. That's July 4th. And the reason he's setting that goal is what he said that would allow us to do is have, you know, small gatherings, be able to have cookouts, uh, be able to go over to people's houses and live life in a way that feels normal again, right? Mm -hmm. And so in one way, we have really, really kind of exceeded that goal in that for a lot of people, for maybe even the majority of the population, things feel pretty normal again. You can go to gatherings that aren't just small. You know, you can go to larger gatherings. A lot of places are fully reopened. Uh, A lot of places you can sit inside at restaurants and feel relatively safe doing so. But in the one way that we are falling short is that 70% goal. Right. Right now, we're at about sixty five and a half percent. And just projection wise, looking at the vaccination rate, the pace of shots by July 4th, we're not going to hit that 70 percent mark, most likely. Why are we falling short there? Um, What specific populations are health officials failing to reach? Yeah, there's a number of, you know, kind of pockets and a number of reasons. I think the the main, you know, to to bring you at the 30,000 foot level. There are people who are just kind of against getting the vaccine, right? They're, 
they're concerned about its safety, they, they've been affected by misinformation or disinformation, right? And they're just, they just don't want to get the shot, right? So that's one, roughly one population. And then the other population is people who either are skeptical or they just have not prioritized it, or frankly, have had difficulty just finding the time, right? Getting the days off, you know, finding an, a, a place to go get the shot. That is still, those barriers to access still exist, uh, in a lot of populations, specifically, you know, black communities, we're st- seeing a lot of it still in Hispanic communities, and then, you know, rural areas of the country. And maybe the last and the most important kind of in what, what the White House has been highlighting over the past few days is younger Americans just as a whole, you know, ages 18 to 26, right? If you break it down across ages, we're at that 70% mark for people who are 30 and up. We're most likely going to be at that 70% mark for people who are 27 and up by July 4th, but it is below that, that 18 to 26, where it's just really been difficult to convince people that young and who are relatively, you know, lower risk for being hospitalized and dying from COVID to go that extra mile and and get the shot anyway. Hmm. You also recently reported on how the Biden administration's vaccine outreach efforts in black communities have really failed to gain traction. What do the vaccination numbers look like when you break it down by populations? Well, so, and this is, you have to take it kind of with a grain of salt because we only have limited data, right? So we only have data on about, I think it's 60%, 62% of people who have received at least one dose. Mm -hmm. So at base, one of the issues is you're missing a whole lot of people and missing a whole lot of demographic information, which makes it more difficult to reach you know, minority communities. Um, but with that 62%, you have about a quarter, 25% of African Americans, right, who have received at least one dose. And the numbers there are maybe less important than where that ranks against other demographics. And it is by far, you know, the lowest rate, right? And and this is despite the fact that we've seen a pretty good acceleration among Latinos. We've seen steady upticks among other demographics and just, again, this kind of flattening out the stagnation among Black Americans. Now, the one place maybe if you want to find hope, right, there's data that the CDC has that shows the rate of the percentage of vaccinations over the past 14 days, right? And there we have seen this real acceleration just maybe in the last week or so of Black people getting a greater share of the overall number of shots. So that is a little promising, Colonel. Obviously, it's not going to be enough to help the Biden administration hit their 70% goal. It's going to remain a challenge, I think, into the into the summer and into the fall, probably through the end of the year. And you're reporting, what have you found about why outreach efforts in African-American communities have failed to have more of an impact? I think at core, one of the main difficulties is access, right? And this is something that you know the administration has tried to solve and it just hasn't gained as much traction, I think, with African-Americans as people hoped. And and when I talk about access, it's, it's a few specific things. It's one, you know, making the vaccines available in places where predominantly black communities can access them, right? Uh, two, making them really, really easy to get, right? Whether, it's, whether it takes going door to door or setting up mobile clinics or something, eliminating those reasons why somebody might say, you know what, I'll do it later. Uh, and then... You know, thirdly, just really reassuring people that, you know, this is free. You're not going to have to pay for it. 
Uh, you will get your employer will give you the time off if you have side effects. Those kinds of just tertiary concerns that can hold somebody back. The difficulty has been kind of clearing those away and making the vaccine as accessible as possible. And then secondly, you know, there is uh, kind of a built in just historical skepticism about vaccines and uh, and the government that that, you know, when you look back through history is is warranted in a way. And so what we've really seen from the administration, from state health officials, uh, from community groups on the ground is an attempt to find the messengers, you know, the trusted messengers, whether it's uh, whether it's pastors or community leaders or, you know, anybody who can go in and, and, and say, this is something that you should at least take a look at. You trust me. Therefore, maybe it's worth trusting this information as well. Let's say things basically stay at the point where they are right now, like where we have 60 some percent of the population vaccinated. You know, you were saying before things in a lot of ways do feel like they're getting pretty normal again. You know, businesses are open, masks are off um, in a lot of places. If things stay how they are right now, what does the future look like? Because, I mean, cases are going down. Mm -hmm. Deaths are going down. I, I imagine there's way less spread right now. Like, could there be a future where we basically have the amount of people we have vaccinated right now where the virus just ends up receding? because we're we're at a pretty good point. You know, I I really hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. Uh but it's not guaranteed. I mean, we really are at the whims of these variants. And what we've seen from this Delta variant, right, which is the one that was spreading in India and now has kind of jumped over to here is in places where it is circulating a real kind of surge in cases. It's much more transmissible. And in pockets where people, a lot of people are, are not vaccinated, it's going to be a problem. And so what I really, really worry about is this kind of breaking into, you know, a U.S. that is vaccinated and largely back to normal and largely safe and a U.S. that is unvaccinated. You look at some of these rates in the South in Mississippi and Alabama, where the vast majority of people still aren't vaccinated. And that's really what 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 concerns me, that you may have large swaths of the country that remain at risk well into 2022. And that just kind of becomes, you know, the daily cost of living at that point. Um, and that would be really unfortunate. That would be really sad if that's kind of where we end up. Adam Kankren, thanks so much for talking with me. Really appreciate it. Adam Kankren co-authors the Politico Pulse newsletter with the latest on health policy and politics every weekday morning. You can find that at politico.com slash newsletters. Also today, the FDA plans to add a warning to fact sheets for Pfizer and Moderna's coronavirus vaccines about the rare risk of developing inflammatory heart conditions. A CDC safety panel has determined there is, quote, a likely association between the Pfizer and Moderna shots, which both use mRNA technology in cases of two inflammatory conditions. The FDA warning will likely say there is a risk of developing the conditions within a week after receiving a second dose of either shot, and that most cases appear to resolve themselves, though long-term effects are still unclear. 
The conditions are extremely rare. As of June 11th, there were more than 1,200 cases under investigation among more than 150 million people who have received either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. And House Democrats are calling for a 14% boost in funding for the IRS. On Wednesday, the Appropriations Committee recommended $13.6 billion in spending on the IRS in the next fiscal year, with a $538 million boost in enforcement money, highlighting the focus Biden and congressional Democrats are putting on raising audits on the rich and corporations. Over the decade ahead, the Biden administration has proposed $80 billion for increased IRS enforcement, including hiring thousands more auditors for the agency, which officials say will bring in $700 billion in extra revenue over the 10-year period. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.